0: Today we are talking to Miles, the CTO of Inkind Capital. And we talk about how technology is changing your restaurant experience, how he communicates with his CEO, and how Miles is giving back to the startup community. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. What does an average day look like for miles?
1: Some phone calls, meetings, some coding, and uh more coding, I guess. And oh, and usually travel. Um I'm usually traveling all over the place, uh, which is fun. Oh, excellent. Like where's the last place you went? Uh I went and saw some family in the Midwest over the holidays. There you go. But uh yeah, last year I was all over the place. Um I guess some of the highlights were the Bahamas was fun um dc about a dozen times austin texas about a dozen times san francisco napa valley new york yeah a lot of fun
0: so when you're traveling around who's coding
1: uh me still um (laughs) i uh don't really take any days off so uh... me either
0: (laughs) i love working man i absolutely love what i do in life and it's just i'm how long have you been programming for
1: Uh, almost a decade now.
0: Yeah. So you're passionate about it. You know, it's like the thing that you do, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm moving more and more into management and less coding. And I think as our company scales, that's kind of the plan too, is to do more, uh, less and less coding and more and more, you know, planning, management, things like that. How many engineers do you have now? Uh, right now it's just me on the team um we had a little larger team last year and then we decided well they just kind of one by one decided to uh go elsewhere and we kind of pivoted the company which was fine and then now we are kind of looking to grow quickly so uh I actually just hired an agency that I used to work at actually to kind of build our next uh help me build our next version of our um our applications and uh and that's exciting while we then go hire some full-time people
0: oh great yeah you know i've noticed i have quite a few cto friends and i'd say a good portion of them are starting to use like outside contractor agencies to extend their product even when they have a couple developers in-house
1: yeah you know i mean for us part of it was um I, the biggest part of it was, for for us, this next version is kind of testing some theories about how we're going to scale our company. And so we wanted to get that up and going as fast as possible um, without having to kind of take time to find the right people, onboard them, things like that. Um, Ooh, so, so you
0: guys are going to test some stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah. Testing kind of... Who's, uh, your, who's your customer? Our customers are our restaurant owners and restaurant customers. Um, so. So, yeah, one of the main things that we do and kind of what we built our business around was inventing a new way of financing restaurants. Uh, So growing restaurants always need more capital if they're expanding to multiple locations or they're just renovating a current uh, restaurant. Um, They uh, can always use capital like that. And so we um, started the company three years ago and uh, my business partner, our CEO, he had previously invested in about twenty restaurants across the country, and just saw how 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 much of a struggle it is for restaurants in particular to line up capital, um, and uh, and that's why we uh, kind of started down this path of how can we help them get the capital that they need in a way that makes mm. a lot of sense. And so the main thing we do is we finance growing restaurants, but. The restaurants that use us get access to this really cool mobile app that um, provides a really cool customer experience uh, for their customers. And so, um, because so so that's kind of the state of it. And the future vision that we're working on now is to allow any restaurant, even if we haven't financed them, to use that really cool customer experience mobile app. And then, uh, if along the line they need capital, uh, we're there for them.
0: Very cool. How many sort of restaurants do you have now on the platform?
1: Uh, we've done about 40 across the country, and uh, we just launched a few in Australia, actually. Um, I think we've oh, done cool. a- we have an,
0: We have an Australian guest coming on the show today. Oh, cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. One of the main uh, guys, his name's Ram. He has a popular podcast, Growth. I believe it's a growth podcast, right, Jake? Yeah. I think it's something related to growth. Uh, super popular, super great personality guy. And we're so we're staying late at the office because of the time
1: difference. <laughs> yeah. 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 We had uh, half of our guys down there a couple months ago for a while. And it was interesting trying to get the time difference. There's a small window where it made sense to have team calls and stuff like that.
0: Right. So, um, so, so you've got these, these 40 companies and then are you open to the public?
1: Uh, so, so we're not really, um, so restaurants right now can come and reach out to us. Uh, we get a lot of referrals too, uh, for the financing part of it. And, mm-hmm. and then, like I said, once we finance them, then they have access to all these really cool experience applications and gets their customers involved and all sorts of cool things. So that's kind of the plan in the next three to six months is to just let any restaurant anywhere just come to our website sign up and start using our really cool customer experience technology and then um, and then when they need financing down the road for whatever uh that's what we're here for
0: so what sort of value do you provide prior it's so like you have the financing concept that's a, a service that they would use of yours but what what value do you provide other than that because it seems like they might come to your app for something and then right. transition so- to financing
1: yeah, exactly. So the the app value add is really about the experience. So you provide a uh, better experience that we can help. We can leverage technology to help you provide a great experience. So uh, one of the things that restaurant owners don't know about is when do their best customers walk in the door. So there are some companies, point of sale companies, that are starting to match credit card usage to say, "Hey, this person's been here three times prior," but you know, it's susceptible to if you use a different payment source or whatever, then that wouldn't work. Or more likely, the case is that uh, you just don't care at that point, right? You want to know as a restaurant owner that this is this is person. This person has come in six times before, and they ordered these things, and they spent this amount of money. And um, but you want to know that when they walk in the door, so you can provide them a great experience, not at the end of the meal when you're cashing them out.
0: Yeah, you know, that's interesting because I was talking with uh, about, I think, it's October of this year or September of this year, I was talking to a local restaurant, like five uh, location chain, little local restaurant. And uh, one of the things that we are talking about is the possibility of using some sort of data analytics, you know, I guess machine learning type deal to do guesstimations of, of the credit card matching to the Customers so when they check out they could you know ping the manager to go say something nice as they leave right and then so so then that's one of the things that we were just talking about brainstorming about so it's it's awesome that you bring that up but so what was but that's not the answer you say well what is the answer how do you do it then
1: well the answer in terms of hospitality is that you want to know when they walk in the door you don't want to know at the end of no, the i'm
0: business. asking how do you do it
1: yeah so um every one of so our customers, the, we, uh, we help the restaurant identify the best customers. So uh, their customers buy these things called house accounts, and then they have our mobile app. And with our mobile app, we can use location and beacons to uh, to say that, hey, someone just walked in the door for
0: you. Oh, smart. So you, you get them to install a rewards app, and then on the rewards app, you're tracking location. And when they enter the vicinity, you
1: alert. So, yeah, pretty pretty much like that. Exactly. Um, it's not really a re- rewards app. Uh, we we call them house accounts. And basically, it's the idea is that we help you identify your best customers by having them prepay a large amount. And uh, then we'll give you bonus credit. So, for instance, you know, you'd pay $500, but you would get $700 in credit, right? Um, and if you're someone that goes there multiple times, uh. a month, you would totally do that, right? Since you're going to use it anyway.
0: When you first started speaking I was like nah but then I thought of like 3 people who I know would actually do that.
1: Yeah and I'm sure you can think of multiple restaurants yourself that you frequent all the time. Oh uh, that my you really care about
0: My stepmom? Okay. Yeah. She will go on the Christmas sale to Bonefish and oh. buy a thousand dollars worth of their gift cards because if it's it's like if you buy 50 you get 10 free. Right
1: right. And right. she'll right. just use
0: the gift cards the whole year.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, crazy. We'll, we'll do that. Um yeah, quite a few people do that. And then the reason, obviously, you want to provide a great experience is so that those people keep coming back. But also, those are the people that you want to be referring new customers. So every restaurant wants new customers. That's what they'll talk about all the time. And the best way that you can do that is by providing a great experience to the people that you want referring. You know, um, Groupon, You know, a few years ago, was the really hot way that every restaurant would do a Groupon deal. And you would get a new customer, that's true, but they would come in, get their half off everything, and then never come back, right?
0: Interesting. Yeah, see, I don't know much about the restaurant industry. I just know that like nine times out of 10, Gordon Ramsay's involved. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume he's like the backer financially of this project?
1: Oh, of course, yeah. No.
0: Of course, of course. Okay, good, good, good.
1: <laughs> uh, no, we... uh we, we know actually a lot about the restaurant industry over the past three or four years because we also, through doing this, have, uh, we opened our own restaurant in Washington, D.C., and we still own and operate that today. And so it's, pretty, it's a pretty unique thing that I can go out to D.C. and be a bartender for a night or be a waiter for a night and actually see what it's like and have a place where we can try out new features in our app and uh, things like that. It's pretty fun. No,
0: that's super cool. I was actually talking with, um, I hope I get this right, Douglas Woodrow. Is that right, Jake? Yeah. All right. I was talking to Douglas Woodrow. They are making uh, software for moving, like a, like a product for moving. But in order to really understand the business, what they did was they actually started a moving company.
1: Yeah. Nice.
0: Nice. And I'm like, oh man, you know, you start a moving company, you do a brand, you do a website, you throw some Facebook ads, you generate some feedback, you know, you, you engage with the community. They networked with real estate people. So once they sell their house, they get referral and like a discount. They did whatever they could just to get business into the moving company just so that they could figure out what the problems were and then solve them with software. That's their business model. I was like, oh man,
1: I love yeah, that. I mean, the best way <laughs> to know what your customers need is to be your own customer, you know. So I, uh, that's definitely something that we've taken into account. And and like I said, we started this business um, after, you know, my uh, our CEO invested in a ton of restaurants himself personally and got to see kind of the behind the scenes of how things are financed, how things grow, common mistakes. Um, you know, you have really passionate people providing great food, drinks, and hospitality, but they're not that savvy at setting a term sheet for an equity investor or figuring right. out what loan they should take or something like that, you know. So uh, that's why we wanted to uh, – That's I mean, that's how we grew our expertise for sure is by being in there and being in in the domain.
0: Well, it's also interesting because, like, you have the perspective of – so things change, Miles. Right? Like, okay. So I was talking with one company, and they're a thirty-year-old company, and things have, and their their revenues decreasing every year, right? And so I'm talking with them about it, and like, "We don't understand. We're doing the same thing that worked for us for you know twenty-five years, and like it hasn't worked the past five years." Well, and maybe that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "All right, look, things can work for a long time, and then they cannot work because it, it's the you pay attention to the market." What does the yep. market want? What are they doing? And so, uh, just bringing that sort of perspective, one of the ways you guys are protecting against that is by actually owning and continuing to operate the restaurant after you have the initial experience to build the initial product, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the number one thing we see done incorrectly in the restaurant industry is that you get mm-hmm. a bunch of smart people that can code something beautifully or you know make a great product, but they don't understand the industry and you know they think well isn't it wouldn't be awesome to be able to do this this night on your phone and it's like good luck trying to get a restaurant manager or a restaurant customer to do that like good luck um because it's not going to work you know um i think what's interesting is you're seeing uh, Um, you're seeing kind of a next generation of how technology can eventually influence restaurants, you know, but like, and it's interesting to see a have pockets of it all over the world. So I know a big thing in China is when you sit down at a table, there's just a QR code in the middle of the table and you scan it and it shows you the menu and you pick out what you want and come gets delivered to your table. And then you pay through, through your phone too. Right. But imagine trying to, I mean, that technology exists. It's not very complicated. It's pretty straightforward, but Imagine trying to do that in most of the restaurants you frequent in the U S like it's, it's just not practically feasible, even if the technology is there.
0: Well, they're making a lot of progress with the, um, the little key touch screens at the table.
1: Yeah. Large, large chains are, um, pretty much everyone else except Applebee's and Olive Garden. Those huge chains are very resistant to that, even though it helps, uh, reduce, you know labor costs and uh, helps you possibly turn tables a little faster. And at the end of the day, a restaurant still is about hospitality. And for a lot of people that are trying to provide a certain experience, that just takes away a lot of the experience they're trying to provide.
0: That's why you're getting me. That's why you're getting me fired up right now, Miles. Get me fired <laughs> up because they're trying to be, as Gary Vee would say, they're trying to be romantic about what they think the experience should be rather than what the market wants. I want to enter my order on that touch screen. Cause I want it put in the dessert when I want to put in the dessert. I don't want to wait seven minutes for the waiter to finish their cigarette break and come back over to me and ask, Oh, would you like dessert in a check? Now I want to put in that chocolate mousse cake, like right, right when I'm ready for it, like halfway through my entree. Right.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one perspective for sure. I mean, I personally am I wouldn't, I don't like, I hate those touchscreens. Um, really? Oh, I hate them. I think they're, I, it may, like I said, it makes sense if you go to Applebee's or Olive Garden, something like that, where you just, you know, you're getting, and it's, it's whatever. But when I go to, you know, a local restaurant here, that's really passionate about some aspect of food, whether it be, you know, really fresh vegetables or some kind of, um, you know, new beef steak program that they have going on or something, I want to, want to learn about it. I want to hear about it. I want to interact with the people, you know, and your waiter is, is an important part of the hospitality aspect of, you know, the entire experience, not just the food you put in your mouth.
0: Right. And you know, you know what I see for some reason going through my head right now, I see at the nicer restaurants that they, have you seen those, um, I saw this company called Oak something and they have these amazing mirrors straight out of the future miles and mm. they they look like the future where they have like the mirror has like the weather on it and stuff and it's done really really well it's not like cheaply projected it looks really rich rich experience yeah i think we'll find maybe maybe the higher end restaurants will uh have a classier version of the touch screen like a more expensive nicer version of the touch screen just like like um faucets like you know you got the standard faucet the standard chrome faucet but then you go to like a really really like like a mansion and you, it's got like these touch sensors and it's still a faucet it's just a way more advanced version do you think that'll happen
1: so i mean you kind of already see that happen at, if you go to like a high-end steak place sometimes they'll have their wine list on an ipad right and yeah you can go through there and um, very rarely can you actually push the button to have it ordered or something but having a list of 300 things on a menu when you want you know the expert sommelier to walk over and talk to you about what you prefer and what you like or don't like and what you're eating tonight and what goes well with that or doesn't go well with that is really an experience that's uh harder to replicate on an iPad and again it's it's just it's it's really hard to think about how um you you cross the human aspect of it. You know, there are so many people and so many things that even if technology can do it, the fact that you have a human there talking to you, looking at you, talking to you personally, it just makes a huge difference, and especially when it comes to hospitality, especially when it comes to, you know, having a night out where it's partially entertainment, it's partially experiencing something new and learning about something that you haven't heard of before, or just getting that human connection is even if technology can replicate it, it, it's, uh, I don't, I don't think there are going to be a lot of places that you can see that. Like I said, you might see some augmented things like maybe a wine list on an iPad that you're seeing now, but I don't, I don't think we'll get to a point in, I don't think we'll get to a point in the majority of restaurants where you are not interacting with the waiter.
0: I, I get that. I mean, I think in a couple hundred years, the robots win anyways. So we'll all be living in VR. But that's like, you know, crazy talk. Um, I'm not looking at uh, autonomizing or removing the waiters. I definitely think they will shift to, like you said, like a more of a specialist role. And I definitely don't want them gone because I love human interaction. What I want is the option. You know, I want the option, like in some mood, you know, sometimes I'm feeling like really social and I want to go in I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm interacting with the waiter. How are you doing? What's your day? Oh, today's going to be just, I'm going to try something different today. I'm going to get a new wine, you know, I'm not going to do my, my standard one. And and now I'm going to interact with them and say, Oh, you know, what do you like? What do you think? And like, sometimes I'm very human-y and, yeah. and I, I, I want that. And other times I'm just like, yo, you know, chicken, like,
1: yeah, Here's chicken. My order. let's get it in. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> No, for sure. And I think people go to different restaurants sometimes for those experiences, you know? Um, And I think that's, you know, right now, obviously, that's done based on the waiter just feeling out the table. One thing that, you know, piece of technology, one of our point of sale partners that we use at our restaurant is a point of sale called Toast. And so one of the things that they do is every waiter has a tablet. And instead of having to talk to the table about what they want and then go back to a station to, punch in the order, they can just do the order right on the tablet. So right. at our restaurant, one of the things we do is we have the waiter stays in their section. They don't ever leave the section. Oh, uh, every I like that. Everything that is brought out, drinks, food, whatever, is brought out by a runner. And when you order, they sit there on the tablet right with you, push the buttons, a ticket gets printed out at either the bar or the kitchen. And then food or drinks get made and get brought out to you. So the waiter is always there, always talking to you, always trying to make sure things are all right. And and if they feel at the table that it's, you know, they're just in here, know their order, you know, down to business, whatever, then that's fine. But um, they can be more attentive rather than w- wasting time running back and forth and around for things. Okay, I want to know what's the name of this restaurant. Uh, so our restaurant in Washington DC is called prequel and we named it that because of the kind of format that it does. So we opened it, um, as a way to allow chefs at different restaurants to, if they wanted to open their own, own restaurant. Um, this was kind of in the earlier days of our company when we were focusing more on new restaurants, but, uh, we still do some, but we do mainly existing restaurants now. Um, uh, but anyway, they could come and for three to six months they can do their concept do run out of the whole kitchen, have the whole table, do whatever. Um, the bar is the same bar program, cocktails, wine, is a great cocktail program. We actually have the largest, um, barrel aged program in the country. Probably we have about 30, 40 Oak barrels that we, uh, age a bunch of cocktails in which is really fun. So people come for the cocktails and then they come to try whatever the flavor of that, uh, those few months is. So see uh, you
0: mix and age the cocktail.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, the, the restaurant is about three blocks northwest of the White House. It's on uh, K Street where there are a lot of law law offices and lobbyists. Yeah, and my so.
0: sister works there. <laughs>
1: oh, awesome. Right, yeah, in well, those, right in those law offices. Awesome. Well, tell your sister to drop by sometime. Uh, no, I'm
0: going to go. I, I'm excited. I've never been to a restaurant that does this, that has this format. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to know what the dining experience is like not having to hunt down um, help.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they should be around, uh, not having to leave and, uh, just punching things on a tablet, um, just to be able to talk to people, which is a pretty cool experience.
0: All right. Well, we're going to go there, Miles. And you're going right. to help me with my wine. Cause man, I I, <laughs> I, I texted my wife before this interview. I'm like, what wine do I like? Cause it, oh, oh, it just popped my head. I, I like the Coppola it may not be classy. I don't even know. But okay. I don't even know what Copla is, if it's a type or if it's a brand. But usually when I go there, I get that and it's pretty good. There's a couple other ones, but I, I have a lot of people around me who are good with wine and that removes my desire really to learn a whole lot about it. I hear this guy, Gary B all the time. He's talking about like something like Chateau La Pop or something. Like, Do you know what he's talking about? What is that?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, it's this estate uh, I think in France that the Pope owns.
0: Oh, cool. And- crazy
1: yeah that's why it's it's called chateau de pope to pop it's chateau of the pope oh house of the pope exactly yeah it's house of the pope but yeah anyway it's this estate that the pope either does own or used to own but uh it, it's very good very good line for sure
0: interesting you guys yeah. progr- you guys programming you you're programming in ruby right now right
1: yeah yeah
0: oh mm-hmm. you, you loving it you've been in ruby a while
1: yeah, been in Ruby a while, like it a lot. Um yeah, it's it's really cool. Were you in it's, it? It's,
0: is that your first language?
1: Uh, jeez, I don't remember even what my first language was. Like Pearl CGI scripts back right. in the day. Right. Right. <laughs> um yeah, I I really like Ruby's uh expressiveness, it's natural reading language and uh I I'm also just a really big fan of software that has an opinion. So, Mm. uh, you know, Ruby on Rails um, is not the most flexible thing in the world for all situations, but that's okay. I think it has an opinion about what it's used for and what it's good at, and you should follow along. And if you need to break from that, then they have, you know, some advice on how you can break from that. But if you're looking to do something totally different, then they may not be the right solution, which is totally fine, you know. Um, and I think that's a great way to go about it. I'd rather help people immensely. I'd rather help a smaller number of people immensely than a large amount of people really poorly, right? And, right. Um, you, I saw that you interviewed uh, the CTO at Basecamp, and they're another group of people that I uh, respect a lot for the, some of those same reasons. You know, they have they have opinions. They have things. This is how it should go. And, and if you're not a fit for their product, then that's fine. You can find something else. But um, the people that do use it uh, really love it. You know.
0: Oh yeah, no, I loved how um, steadfast Ryan Singer was. Like with how they do things, and he's very, very, very like specific and direct. And I, I super admire that. Did you, did you uh, listen to it, or did you just see that um, that he was on the show?
1: I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it, but I, I, I saw that he interviewed him, so I'm really interested to go back and listen to it.
0: Yeah, they do these. Um, I'll give you the summary, right? They do these like six week development cycles. Cool. Yeah. So that's, and like nothing interrupts them. Like it's a religion there. Nothing will interrupt the six week development cycle. They decide what they're doing, they do it. They have a small team, a developer, a designer. Usually the designer will write up the announcement because I was asking, like, oh, you have this, you know, who writes the marketing? They don't have marketing people.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, oh, yep. That company is run by three engineers. (laughs) <laughs> right they have a great like you know i was on Basecamp for quite a while um but yeah. it's, it's so interesting how the company uh totally takes on the personality of the owners in like every instance like every company
1: yeah. yeah absolutely and i think i think one of the side effects of focusing on the people that you want to serve the use case that you want to serve and having an opinion about that is that they're much more likely to refer other users to you and i think that's how they can get away with not having a marketing team or someone that's constantly monitoring ads online every day, all day to be able to get more users. You know, they just make their current users really happy and let them know that they should be referring people.
0: Interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also interesting that like, that's where our mind goes in 2018, that the marketing person is sitting down running ads all day. That's, that's so interesting that like, that's like the default view, like, nope, not, not out developing relationships with customers that can open up and give you more distribution they're running ads. I think that's interesting. Um, and I definitely at different stages, the marketing people should be doing different things. Um, but
1: you know, fame and exposure from just their, the way they run their company and the various books they've released. Um, great job. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly helps. Um, although I don't know how much overlap there is between the nerdy fans like you and I that read their books because of their tech great technologists that we all want to emulate or, uh, and the people that actually use their product, you know. Um I I don't know how much of an overlap there that is, but uh definitely a big fan of their books that uh just talking in general about how businesses should be run and how you should do work.
0: Yeah, and of course Rails helped them tremendously. They got that's every true. developer to be a fan, right?
1: Yeah, that's true too, which uh developers in their respective companies can be advocates for their hey, we should try this basecamp thing, you know.
0: Absolutely. Did you use Basecamp?
1: We uh, are using Basecamp, yeah. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you like it? And I'm just throwing this out there. Just tell me if you'd find any use to it. Do you have an Alexa, by the way?
1: I do. I have three.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Would you like if you could say, hey, Alexa, what's going on in Basecamp today? And she could read you some summary?
1: Uh, I I don't. Yeah, I mean, sure. It'd be fun to try that out.
0: No, I'm asking you. If you'd like, would you enjoy that? Um,
1: I don't know. Uh, I. I I'm also kind of opinionated about kind of boundaries for things. So, oh I,
0: man, you should work at Basecamp.
1: <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't do notifications on my phone for emails or anything like that. Um, if I'm sitting at my computer, then I'm in work mode, you know. But uh, I don't want to uh, look at my glance at my phone and you know have 20 emails that I feel compelled to respond to, you know, right away.
0: Wow, I love how like how this is what I like about talking to everybody all these different CTOs and people I mean everybody's so different but we're all so similar it's beautiful because like me man oh like I, I get high on it people email me about the show oh man show was awesome brought a ton of value and I'm like Every second, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm re- I'm up till, you know, two in the morning, every night responding to people, you know, working on the, working with the editors on the content and the book. And like, I chunk my day into like three, three segments, you know, my mornings and then my work day at work and then my after work work. Yeah. You know, right. Cause based on who's around me at the time, cause you know, I get, I do my family time in the mornings actually, because I like to give my family my best time. Yeah. So I have, I have a little, uh, four month old daughter, my first child. So That's awesome, oh, dude, in the morning I count smiles like <laughs> I get up. I uh, make some tea. I'm I'm a straight black tea type person. Uh, Make some straight Earl Grey black tea. Play with my daughter and try to get her to smile as much as possible. I'm I'm typically getting about eight to ten smiles a morning. So, yeah, it's a solid count. Solid count. She found her feet. She figured out her feet the other day. So now she's like (laughs) moving those. Yeah, and then I um, then I play some guitar, um, and yeah, we'll sit around and like make up songs. just for fun kind of like freestyle they get very um very wrong (laughs) they we, we, we we there's no no holds right uh yes so we play some music uh and we have good good family time and then i start my calls and head head into the office and uh do my work all day with the people record multiple shows do production review everything run some of the businesses that I'm a part of get back to all them and then I get home I eat dinner go for like a family walk for an hour and then I'm you know until 2 in the morning from like you know 9 to 2 at night I yeah. uh, editing book stuff all the stuff with my other group of people that work work with me so it's a lot of fun but yeah I I, awesome. I love it like I love it so I'm I'm addicted to it like a video game you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's really cool. Um, and when you're like doing family time, do you turn off your phone? Do you put your phone somewhere else? Or like, how do you not get roped back in?
0: I don't touch my phone. And uh, my family time is, is heavily consolidated, like two hours in the morning, an hour at night. And, uh, in those times, it's rare that I touch my phone.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah It's hard to touch your phone while you're playing guitar
1: (laughs) or, (laughs) That's yeah, or counting smiles. It's easier now if you if you can see it and you see notifications coming on. You can ask Siri or something, you know. But uh,
0: why well, do Do Not Disturb? And I like have heavily configured it so that way I can take pictures and do videos with my family without actually even seeing anything come through.
1: Yeah, that's really smart. I, I That's one of those features that I wish people knew more about and kind of took advantage of because I. I totally agree. That's a great way to do it. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's how I shut the world off. If I'm like, not right now, I hit, do not. And it takes actually a little configuration too. Like at first you try it and it's got some settings where like it'll let calls through if they call enough and like it's got these weird settings. But if you if you set it up and, and completely black it out, it's really good.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Most most of the settings you got to do uh, a couple of times again. I started using the uh, I'm driving mode uh you know, automatic texting back. Hey, I'm driving. If it's important, call me. Uh, and uh, it was really annoying. I had to turn that off. I
0: yeah, think. I do because I get driven a lot, and I need to. I need to type while I'm driving. Well, while, while I'm being driven, while the car is in motion.
1: It, it, right, right. It
0: doesn't know that I'm not driving.
1: Uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, what well, it, it happened to me on a on a boat actually this summer. <laughs> on a boat, and it's like you do not disturb while driving, and I'm like I'm riding in a boat. <laughs>
0: um dojo Four. am i saying that right
1: yeah 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 what
0: is that man worker owned agency like i don't know anything about that you used to work there yeah what is it
1: um so they um i i don't know the legal entity for it but they you know have they're basically a collection of freelancers that work uh, on different projects together and uh, the entity is co owned by people that are do uh you know a majority of the work together so um it's kind of cool that um, they've really tried to democratize what projects they bring on and who's kind of in control and It started with a couple of people and then they um decided that they really wanted to give equity and voting and um, ownership to the people they frequently work with and so then they uh, started doing that in this i think they i think it's structured as a co-op interesting uh,
0: yeah that's how my power company is structured like mm. they're they're at the power company but it's a co-op i don't know they just send me mail i'm just like okay yeah. that's great <laughs> now i've um is it you worked in the in this co-op right
1: uh yeah yeah yeah
0: how was it was it, was there a lot benefit? Was it different? Was it kind of just the same stuff or?
1: Well, at the time they, um, d- we're not doing the co-op that I was there. Oh, um, great. <laughs> they, uh, they were kind of the full service agency with full-time employees. And so I was, a, I was a full-time employee. Um, and then, um, they kind of decided, they decided to, to go into the kind of co-op, uh, freelance entity owned, um, you know, met model and uh, then I uh, it had been three years I had worked there and really enjoyed myself and really learned a lot, still have uh, obviously a lot of friends there since I'm uh, working with them at this company too, hiring them as a paying client now, but uh, I, uh, so I started to look for my next gig and um, got in touch with, uh, you know, our our CEO and uh, the rest is history.
0: Nice. How's the, re- so you're, you're the CTO at the company, correct? Yeah. so how is yep. the day-to-day relationship we like to talk about everything we we like to talk about everything that the cto actually experiences to bring value to yeah, other yeah. ctos yeah. one thing that's super big is, and that's not i can nev- i've never heard it in a book never seen it anywhere people don't talk about it much the relationship mm-hmm. between the cto and the ceo like it's tough yeah like, it's a relationship like there's ups and downs and like what have you experienced like how are you How's has it like changed you how have you grown from it i want to know about it
1: yeah, no, it's definitely a relationship that you have to manage and understand. Uh, I think uh, my CEO and I are in a unique position because we, you know, we're the two C level at the company right now, and um, and so we kind of bear a lot of responsibility for the company, and and so it kind of unites us in that way. Um, I'm also it's kind of unique that you know our CEO. Has a computer science degree and has done some tech work in his background, um, so I feel pretty comfortable talking to him about things that I probably wouldn't be able to talk about with, you know, non-technical people. Um, he uh, he did that early on in his career, so not as familiar as it and adept as it as I am, obviously, but uh, but still can can grok some major things, which is cool.
0: Yeah, so he's got some context, some empathy, some awareness of what's going on. For
1: sure. Yeah, and, he, and he's understanding. I think one of the things that you talk to non-tech non people, and we, I saw this a lot at Doja4 when we talk with clients that were not technical about saying, hey, can we just have this one little thing that does this thing? And we're like, great, that'll be four weeks. And they're like, well, why? How does it take, you know? Uh, Raw. <laughs> yeah, Angry exactly. noises. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't realize how complicated it is. And I think uh, that's kind of one of the benefits of my CEO now is that we I can tell them, like, okay, yep, that's great. I'm really excited about that. We're definitely going to do all that. It's going to take two months and it'll be like, yep, got it. Not even questioning me or anything like that, you know? So Yeah, you build that uh,
0: trust then, and then it's just like, you tell me what it takes and then I let the experts
1: execute. Yeah, exactly. Um, in terms of managing managing relationship, uh, one of the things we've Im- implemented um, is daily old school phone calls where he, he or I just pick up the phone and call each other every single day. Um, we're often not in the same location. We both travel a lot. And right now we live in different cities. Um, so um, that's why we we do a daily call to just make sure we're um, on the same page about business and everything that we're doing, but also um, um, just personally, you know, yeah. it's good to hear someone's voice on the other end and know what's going on in their life to kind of have a better relationship with them.
0: Yeah. Well, long distance relationships are tough miles. <laughs> You're going off to college. Well, your high school sweethearts. No. So, um, uh, I, I liked, I checked out and kind of course, which is this whole restaurant app technology that we're talking about. I love how you guys are providing value to the market with this house account concept while also like that supporting what you want to do with the financing. It's like, you guys have two products and they flow into each other, which is, I think it's super smart. So, so kudos on that. Um, your website, I liked, I liked it, and here's why. You guys communicated exactly what it does on the front of the page. You like you like one, two, three, four. This is what we do, and I'm I'm like thank you, right? Like e- every every I'd say eight times out of ten that I go to a site, they make me like work for it. Like, oh, I got, now I'm got i like a research analyst trying to figure out what they do, digging through their site pages or using ambiguous terms. And like, oh, man, it's so frustrating. But you, you just serve it right up right in front of you. That's what I like.
1: I think that's got also sometimes the side effect of having a large marketing team is they get kind of ahead of themselves of, the language and the layer on top of the actual functionality and uh, we you know we don't have a big marketing team we don't have any marketing people actually in the company right now so it's uh, we, we all think that same way of like just tell us what it does <laughs>
0: right well it, and it's definitely highly dependent on the marketing people absolutely right because yeah. you know given the opportunity people will make things more complicated
1: yeah for sure
0: more often than not, i mean like look at our tax system <laughs> it's like okay I thought it was really funny and I'm not like I don't like political conversations really at all but uh, it's not political it's something we all have it's a tax system that exists and it's our system we pay for it right so um, I thought it was really interesting like you have experts and I was talking about this uh, with engineering too because this happens and your programming team can get into over engineering and that's what brought it up we were talking about over engineering And then in the book, we're talking about it. And then I was talking about taxes later and I was like, oh my goodness, the same thing that happens in technology teams with over engineering and making products and code bases more complicated than they need to be is because the experts are in control of the creation. And that's happening like with our legal system too. like lawyers write the laws. Lawyers are really complicated. The more laws they write, the more work they have to do. And like the more granular and refined and distant it can be from like how we actually exist and then our tax system. And now I just had this moment where I had to be like, all right, turning off my brain now because it's overloaded with our whole world is run by like people who are incentivized by making it more complicated than it needs to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's, that's absolutely true. I think the other thing I think about when I think of along those lines that I see a lot is you have to be on the same page about what the simple goal that you're trying to achieve is, you know, what, what, What's the one thing we're working towards? And I think that when I put ask that question in a lot of discussions, whether it's about features or uh, our company plan or anything like that, is what's the simple goal? It helps us focus a lot on what we should be doing or what approaches need to be improved. And and to me, that's also one of the things that you talk about taxes and politics. And that's like, well, what's the goal? Is the goal to you know make everyone you know, not have to think about taxes? Is the goal to put as much money in people's pockets? Is the goal to have a lot of money so that, you know, the money that we all throw in the pool together can pay for everything that we needed to pay? You know, like, what, what's the goal that you're trying to achieve? And uh, to me, that's always the question I'm asking in politics, because I think that's more often than not very revealing, um, for, for sure. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. And- so I look at a lot of businesses, like most of them technology and, and the most interesting thing I, I've ever found, and I kind of stumbled into it by accident is, um, I'll walk in and I'll say, you know, this is cool. I like what you got. I like what's going on. You know, like, what do you guys like? What do you do? What's your macro? Like, what are you guys all trying to do? What song is everyone at the company singing? Like what value what? do you bring to the market? And you, you get like deer and headlights. I, I don't know. I'm working on this project. Well, like Why? Yeah. Our competitor exactly. did a similar project. I'm like, oh no. I'm yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. You don't even know why you're doing what you're doing. And like, right. they've just been doing the same thing for years or months. And, and I'm like, well, this is why the business is in trouble. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. We need to have kind of a, a North Star here if you guys are going to be doing anything.
0: Oh, yeah. And we're not perfect. So we actually had this conversation yesterday about the show. And so I'm going to get your input on it too. We were sitting around and we have, we started out as Weekly, then we went daily and now we're doing two a days because the listeners have just kind of exploded. But we had, our editing queue is piling up, right? And and we have a staff of uh, four, I guess, including me, three of which are editing. And we were thinking we're, we go oh we got these two episodes we got you know Carl and Ryan and Isa we got these two or three episodes now four now five now you're like you know number 6 we got we got them piling up and i'm like what, yeah. what are we waiting on so we made like a a list of what we're waiting on all of them were waiting on like show notes like hmm. like these things called show you where we we have our producer listen to the show and type up you know in, in these 10 minutes they talked covered this and they, and i'm like all right I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to two or three, but I consume many of them. Never once have I ever listened to their, went to their webpage and like looked at the show notes.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah and so yeah. I, so I asked yeah. Jake,
0: I'm like, you know, Jake, you, do you, have you, you listened to a lot of podcasts? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever once looked at show notes? No. Hey, like we started texting around. Hey, we started texting everybody. We know that like this is podcast. Nobody ever looked at the show notes. And I'm like, this is holding up us being able to produce content. And we just, we, we act show notes. no more show notes
1: that's it no i think well and even simplifying them to just this is what they talked about and and that that can be as simple as after our conversation you write down three phrases of we talked about restaurants we talked about oh yeah um, yeah, we're doing
0: that we're doing the general summary like the, the paragraph that like sets it up that you can actually see in the podcast app yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah,
1: gotcha. yeah, but, but
0: we're not doing the transcription like play by uh, play yeah. minute by minute thing anymore.
1: I definitely look at the summary paragraph that's in the right. app. Right. But never do I go to anyone's website and like look at the long form transcription or long form summary.
0: Yeah. I, I write that. So I, I, uh, we, we do the edits and then I listen to it like while I'm driving right to make sure it sounds good and I'll listen to it back and forth uh and then I just write up a summary and then we come in and record the intro and the summary and we type it all up and then that's how we release it because I want to make sure that you know it's covered correctly
1: yeah definitely
0: right if you're not eating your own food at the restaurant you're a horrible chef right
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah no, that's
0: excellent so your CTO day-to-day that's good you guys talk every day you had you had some experience some early on experience at Lockheed Martin and I'm assuming there you built like killer robots. Can you speak on that for a minute?
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No. So, um, what I did at Lockheed Martin was we worked on an application that was basically, um, basically a war planning web application. So generals and commanders would go into this web application and, basically plan out different scenarios of things happening and what they would do and blah, 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 And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those examples, which a lot of government projects are where you have a kind of a high level explanation statement, like I just gave you. And that sounds really cool. And then you dive into it and see how many crazy acronyms they are and just how many, how complex it gets. Not, not necessarily, for any reason, but just the web application gets out of hand complex just the way they do things um, i i I was a developer on it, and would not be able to use it as a user like that's how
0: I got crazy it, it is. like you know <laughs> Elon Musk is famous for sending this email about acronyms like no no more acronyms at my company
1: mm-hmm.
0: because when when you walk up and it's like the it's the halo or the c prop you're like No, just say it's like the propulsion thing. This is is the (laughs) thing that pushes other things forward. Like this is the propulsion thing. This is the fire. You know, this is the catch on. This is the thing that keeps it from exploding. Like you don't need to know, like have a conversation with 800 acronyms. It's impossible. Yeah, it
1: doesn't make sense. And my dad was actually in the army. That's why I moved around all over the country. And so I had a lot of exposure to those things. And so I was pretty comfortable with uh, quite a few acronyms. But the level of acronyms there were crazy, and then just the level of complexity uh, in the application uh, was was in, was just crazy.
0: Oh yeah, my dad was in the uh, Air Force. Cool. They put the um, he was in charge of the team in the uh, '80s that put the first GPS system into the B-32 stealth bomber.
1: Oh wow! Because cool. it was a
0: stealthy airplane. What's better than a stealthy airplane? Well, one that knows where it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah generally you want that nowadays <laughs> yeah
0: well that's like it's amazing how it's just child's play compared to what we have now you know oh this is a fantastic conversation if you um if you could go back let's say elon musk calls Jeff, he's like miles and you're like why are you calling me bro no he, he calls you up and he's like i got a time machine and uh you can go back in it and you could speak to yourself 10 years ago what sort of advice would you give yourself uh what, what would you tell what would you tell 10 years ago miles
1: Buy Bitcoin? Uh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, no, I I sold a Bitcoin like a year ago at two hundred bucks, and now it's at like twenty thousand. It's crazy. Oh no. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, I would say you know to not worry so much about the big picture because it will work out. You know, just do what uh, makes sense at the time and do you know I I've always worried about what my long-term career is and security and job security and all those types of things. And I, I've learned over the years that that's, if you follow what you're passionate about, if you just explore things and follow what you're passionate about, I think it'll all work out and it's going to be just fine.
0: Um, well, And put the effort in, you know, I like work super hard
1: Yeah, and put the effort in and, and something that I really uh, do a lot and try to do a lot too here in Boulder is kind of give back to the community and provide value to the people that are around me. And that's been the best thing for me to be able to learn from other people and to get the opportunities I've been able to have um, just by providing value to other people and helping the community.
0: Oh, I'm curious. In like what ways specifically?
1: So a couple of different ways. Um, so have you heard of any of the startup weeks or startup weekends? Yeah, yeah. So that was all started by a guy here in Boulder and Boulder startup week was the first one. And, uh, about four, three, four years ago now, I, uh, volunteered to run the development track for Boulder startup week and ever, I've been doing it ever since. And, uh, so I, I do that every week, uh, uh a week, every year. And, um, Put together a bunch of events around developers and the startup community. So that's really cool. And then I, um, a buddy of mine, so when I took the CTO job, I started talking to a couple of friends about, you know, like, are there community, are there people that are, you know, have the engineering background, but they're making this switch to different, dealing with different problems that a CTO deals with than hiring, leadership, management, and you know, all these things that aren't taught in your computer science degree. And, um, and he was like, no, there really isn't. We should like do something about that. I was like, great, let's do something. So now flash forward, we have a group of a hundred people that are all startup CTOs in the local community here that are on an email list together, um, uses that as a resource to help each other out. And then once a month we have a lunch together where we can just informally talk and hang out. And, uh, and that's been a really, really cool resource. Um, for sure, uh, for a lot of people.
0: Oh, excellent! That, I mean, that is what this is. What I'm, what we're doing, right? That's what Modern CTO Podcast is.
1: Yeah, that's really, really cool.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Miles. It was a fantastic conversation. I would love to have you back anytime you want to come back.
1: Absolutely, it was great talking to you too.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do it without you.
1: I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.